This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm I'm not personally, just because of the caveat that we put in there earlier, is they they haven't played a lot at home. And mm-hmm. um, I think that, they, they I think we had it earlier, they're 16 and 10 at home. I think that's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 10. right. So, play a lot of the times. The old adage is, you know, play five hundred on the road mm-hmm. and take care of business. At Seventeen home. and fifteen on the road. Yeah, and that's a little above five hundred. So if they, you know, plan ahead, they're seventeen and sixteen on the road. Come tomorrow night. It <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Get that out of the way. Actually, let's check that real quick. Twenty-two and six is Minnesota's record at home. One of those six was the Kings. Is in fact, that'll be ready for us. But the Kings, I think I looked at it earlier. They've got twenty-four games yep. left, I believe. Yep, fifteen of them are at home. That's correct. So take care of business at, at home, and that's what yeah, I'm they, looking at, as opposed to harping on the six and six mm-hmm. in February. I think the Golden One Center is going to play a big part in the Sacramento Kings and what this looks like. You got you got to do that, man. You have to take care of that. That's that's people talking about them defending the Kings and cape form and all this other stuff. I cannot cape for losing at home. Yeah. You have you've got a, a a good number of games at home. You have to have a very convincing winning percentage at home. I'm talking 10 and 5 at worst. At worst. For, for these 15 home games. And some of these, and that's, you know, that's the other danger. They got the, the Bulls coming up, the Spurs, the Rockets, the Bucks. None of those games are moving, right? Bulls, Spurs, Rockets, Bucks. Mm-hmm. But then you've got the Lakers. You've got the Knicks and the Grizzlies, the 76ers. Nothing really moving right there. Then you got those two against Dallas which feel monumental at this point. You got the Jazz Clippers. You got what could be a set of really huge games against the Pelicans and Suns, and then they'll close things out with the Blazers. They do end the season on a three-game homestand. Uh, So their 15 remaining home games are the Bulls, Spurs, Rockets, Bucks, Lakers, Knicks, Grizzlies, 76ers, the Mavs twice, the Jazz, Clippers, Pelicans, Suns, and Blazers, and those are in order of when they're played. Mm-hmm. There is an East Coast road trip. Yeah, it's still potentially kind of iffy too. You know, you got 
You got the Knicks, the Celtics, the Nets, and the Thunder in that four-game road trip. Who knows what the Knicks are going to look like at that point in time. Um, I think it would be a little too early for Boston to be winding down. Like, Boston's not going to have anything to play for necessarily, but I don't think – it's not like it's the last week of the season. I think there's maybe about two and a half weeks before before that game. Brooklyn is struggling. Who knows what they look like. They may have shut down people at that point. Um, And OKC, I'm sure they're going to have something to play for. Uh, seeding and and what they're trying to do for the postseason, so that's a that's a tough little trip too. They also got another mini East Coast one with Toronto, Washington, and Orlando. So you go out east twice. Some tough games, mm-hmm. but tough they games. but they all are. This is the nature of where they're at in their season. The importance of all the games. Um, the game against Washington is going to be one that you got to look out for at, at this point. There is no easy games. There is no game that you can guarantee they're going to win or whatever the case may be. You got you got to play well to end this season. To quote Kyle Kuzma, you don't want to be the team. Ah, definitely don't. I'm sorry, Kyle Kuzma, but you don't want to be the team. You don't want to be the team. Yeah. Hmm. 60% is uh, about their winning clip at home, and I'm with you. It feels like they need to win just slightly above that. Mm-hmm. Um, the funny thing is when I we do all of the math on this, it still breaks. The, I haven't created a scenario that gets them the 49 or 50 wins, which is, I think, where they might have to be. Maybe I haven't maybe, created maybe so. that yet. Maybe like, and, so. and, and that could completely be wrong. It completely like, I don't, well, I don't know. Maybe Phoenix is cold tonight. They haven't played in a month. Well, that was the scenario yesterday. I laid it out eight and eight against the teams above 500, six and three against the teams below 500. You win one extra on each side. That's your 49 wins. Mm. Cause that was 47. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That was 47. Yeah. Finish it. You know, I, I guess that's, Two games above. Is that how that works out? No. Don't ask one me to game. do math. No, it's you two games because the eight would be seven and the other eight would be nine. Yeah. So you you get one extra win against a team above 500 to finish above 500 against them. You handle business and get seven wins, seven of the nine against teams below. Now you have 49. I remember looking at – It takes a little work. I don't remember if we looked at Dallas's schedule yesterday. No, we didn't. We looked at the Pelicans, and I think we looked at the Suns. Mm-hmm. Dallas has Boston tomorrow. In Boston. In huh? Boston. They got Philly at home on national TV. Mm-hmm. They got the Pacers, the Heat. Mm-hmm. Then they're at Detroit, at Chicago. Then they got the Warriors. They're at the Thunder. Then they got the Nuggets, the Spurs. They got two against the Jazz. That's a home and away. Then they got the two against the Kings. So this is, whoa, just noticing something. At Warriors versus Hawks versus Warriors. Anybody catch that? Dallas, the Warriors. three. Three against the Warriors. Dallas has three games left against the Warriors. Mm. Dallas, the Warriors could pull Dallas out of the conversation and insert themselves. <laughs> Into it, drag them into the. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? The buried alive, or what? What was that? That he that was or into the diesel. Ring, the ring. Yeah, that was when Taker 
came up through the ring and pulled Diesel down. <laughs> it was in a cage match, I think, against Bret Hart in 97. 90, Phenomenal knowledge. 90, 97, yeah, 97. Mm. Bret Hart said he'd the finish of that match, and Undertaker told Mother Effer isn't about you. Oh. Had to tell Bret Hart about him. Bret Hart. Bret Hart, low-key, he wasn't here for anybody. He was They didn't not. like that. He absolutely was not. Um, wow. Three games <laughs> three games against the Warriors and two of the Kings. However, none of the Pelicans, mm-hmm. and I don't think any against Phoenix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After that Warriors game, the match end with the Rocks at Charlotte, Ooh. at Miami, hosting Detroit. Oh. Last game of the season, they're at the Thunder. Kings, Kings are going to have to play well. Better create some distance between them early. Better create some distance between them early. Hey, I don't know, man. Let's go Dub Nation. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I might have to root for. Whose I might birthday have to, is it that day? Right, yeah, yeah. I'll check in with the Warriors. Check in with the Warriors flagship and find out. I got uh, you. Not the not the ninety five seven one. The other no, one. I know what the real one. The real, the real one. one. Oh, what a what a what a. Oh, that is not that is that is not a that is not a comforting schedule right there. Well, well, I mean, they, they, it's it's not it's not easy leading up to that point. I mean, you could be you could be two games clearer than with four games to go. Yeah. Uh, Who did we say? It's Pelicans. It's Pelicans. Uh, Suns, Suns Blazers. Blazers. You know, just do do your work early. Make sure you know you're you're up on them going into that final week or so of the season. <laughs> if you're Ooh. look, if you're up, hey. you should be okay because you got to win games regardless. You got to finish strong, and you got the last three at home of that fifteen. I'm gonna need. You, I'm probably gonna need you to go three and zero. Yeah, I'm trying not to just read off schedules like a jackass, but I'm looking at now. I'm looking at the Lakers. I'm, I went to look at the end of the Lakers season. They have a road trip. They have a road trip. This starts on March 26th. Aren't they bad on the road? Uh, it's the road record is at Milwaukee. I had it open and I closed. Uh, I apologize. No, uh, at Milwaukee, at Memphis, at Indiana, at the Nets, at the Raptors, at the Wizards. Mm. Then they finish their season against Cleveland, Minnesota, mm. Golden State, another one against Memphis, and then they. In the season at New Orleans, mm. that's a tough road. There's going to be meaningful games that's played. A tough road. Yeah, there's going to be. And the Lakers are twelve and nineteen on the road. Twelve and nineteen. Yeah. Okay. Well, twenty and nine at home. They're here. What? Like a week and a half? Two weeks? Yeah. yeah. They have the Bucks twice. Mm. Right? Did I say they're at Milwaukee? Yeah, they have mm. the Bucks twice. They play the Bucks uh, right after they play the. Kings in LA. They still have a couple against the Timberwolves. It's 76ers just, at the end of the month. Still got two against the Pacers. 
Jeez. Wow. Jeez. Two against the Timberwolves. Yeah, interesting. And when you talk about, I'm pretty sure we've looked at everyone's schedule at this point. Yeah. the the um, The Warriors' schedule seems to be favorable. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I don't think we looked at the Warriors one. They've got three against the Spurs left. <laughs> yeah, they're at at the Knicks. That's tonight. Yeah. At the Knicks, the Raptors, the Celtics. Then they got the Bucks. Yeah, Bulls, Spurs, Spurs. Then, you know, there's 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 the Mavericks. We know they got those Mavericks games, the Lakers, which we just mentioned. Uh they have a they have a they have a they have a road trip as well at Minnesota, at Miami, at Orlando, at Charlotte, at San Antonio. Their second to last game of the season is against the Pelicans, and they'll close out the season against the Jazz. Oh. I mean, the Kings close out against the, the Blazers. Blazers. Who Trista thinks maybe, is the maybe, worst Blazers team in her lifetime. Maybe avenge. Maybe yeah, avenge please, an early Please do. Please do. <laughs> you know, I was thinking of something. Correct me if I'm wrong. Because I – you know, we've been talking. We you had the um, the Will Z stat, fifteen and five against teams under five hundred. Right, 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 right. Why is this? And we kept talking like, why does this feel so? Why is the reaction so over the top? Is my memory wrong? Was Portland missing a bunch of guys? Portland was missing some guys. Yeah, I think they were missing some guys. I think uh, I feel like Shaden didn't play. So not only was Portland not very good, yeah, but they were they had some. They, they had were some like I, I don't think, think Anthony think, Simons played. Did he? Why am I know. asking? I know you DeAndre Ayton didn't this play. Was he stuck in snow? <laughs> I don't think it started or snowing ice. yet. Oh. <laughs> Do you remember when that Portland game was? It was early December, maybe. Yeah, Pelicans. It was right before Pelicans. the Atlanta game because the Atlanta game. No, it was yeah late December. Oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. They got their ass kicked. Um, I'm sorry, Anthony Simons did play. Uh, Brogdon played. Uh, Jeremy Grant played. Okay, I, I, was, I don't. I don't. It was Aiden so. I guess Shaden, I was wrong. Though, huh? Yeah, DeAndre Ayton did not play. Shaden Sharp did not. play. Is that the one where Brogdon left early with injury though? No, Brogdon. No, no, no. Hey, Brogdon left early with injury here. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Brogdon. And that one, I think that one went to like overtime or something. Yeah. yeah, Brogdon. Brogdon played in that one. Played thirty minutes. Played fine. But there was a random that like went for twenty five. Off the bench. The random. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Like nope, that. that's fine. You already said it. <laughs> Is it Duop Reith? <laughs> yeah. Matter of fact. Uh, uh, Coach David Patrick hit me up after the game, like my boy, because I guess he coached him or recruited him or something like that. Yeah, he went off. Didn't he go for twenty five? He did. He went for twenty five, and I believe. <laughs> Is there any way we can see what he's done the rest of the season? Oh, easy. <laughs> Give me a second. What's the next highest point total? Do, uh, re- this, this, this is good. I don't know that this has ever been searched in history. <laughs> Stats. I love that it says Australian basketball player, and you just referenced David Patrick. That's my favorite. <laughs> Let's see. Let's check the game logs for the Australian star. Um, let's see. First uh, nine games inactive. Um, <laughs> no, it's good. Points. Let's just do this the easy way. 25 was the most. Yeah. His second highest. Want to guess? 
16. Played 38 minutes in this game. Th- really played 39. That was a damn good guess. It was 17. Mm. He actually plays for them. Okay. Well, Gets yeah. Buckets. Get buckets. He plays-ish. What's, what's, what's his minutes average? He's 8.7 points per game. Oh, his minutes average isn't up there. Um, but, yeah, he's been a double-digit scorer Coach 20 Patrick, times this year. Coach Patrick was telling me he's a, a good player. Like, I know people – Probably say yeah, he's good. He probably shouldn't have hit twenty five on the Kings like that. But he's a big he's dude. Like, he's like, he like seven play. feet. He was a big yeah. dude. He's like yo, he can play for real. Like I know it's a surprise, but he's like he can really go. Coach probably trying to get him back on Sac State. <laughs> yeah. Like hey, my stingers will be back next year, baby. We'll be back next year. I mean, we still fine. got the the conference tournament. It'll you know, Cinderella might put on a slipper. You never know that. But either way. We'll be back next year. Stingers up, baby. Let's go. We'll be back. My man, Coach Patrick, you're going to have him locked in. You're going to be back on the recruiting trail. Stingers up, baby. We're going to do this next year. We'll come back. We'll talk with our buddy, Matt George. We'll uh, see where he's at, and uh, we'll see if we can get uh, TCKC and uh, (laughs) JT uh, to uh, trade Keegan Murray in front of uh, (laughs) Matt George when he joins us here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, maybe Matt's not with us. I don't know. He's not here. I don't know where Matt's at. I just kind of assume it's with us. Sometimes I don't always text him. But, like, Matt's, it's Thursday. Matt's, it's Thursday, right? It's Thursday, yeah. Yeah, it's Thursday. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe Matt George will join us. Maybe he won't. Maybe he's boycotting the show after what you guys did earlier. That makes sense. Maybe he's sick of your guys' And crap. you keep saying what, what you, you guys. Yeah, what? and I don't even like this whole narrative anyway. Yeah. 
Well, it it's exists. It's only TC. Well, t- it's, can it's we? It. Is it too late? Can we time? Is it too late to timestamp TC's call? No, I can timestamp that. Okay. <laughs> now that was that was that was that was that was an epic. My one. thing was is that if Keegan's not ready to go by year three, we got to find someone else. I didn't say we have to trade Keegan Murray, but more so, Monty's got to make a move and get us that third guy. You're saying ready to go by year three. So all we're talking about is the confidence level of the guys in the front office. If Mike Brent McNair, like we're confident Keegan Murray's going to come out here and get us 18 to 20 a game or whatever, and he's going to be that third kind of needing and looking for, cool. You Mike. got him at 18 to 20. You got him at 16 to 18. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. And I, and I, I genuinely, is he at 15? He might be about 15. It's, it's gone down, I think, too. I think at one point he was in 16. And I think part of the thing that we're in disagreement on right now is I actually think he's the third guy now. But we need that production now, though, is what I'm – that 16 to 18 case he's talking well, about. Well, I think we also in, – in, in, in to try to put the bit aside for those that are just tuning in, I think the, the main point of the discussion was the, the assertiveness needs to be there. Mm-hmm. Like he is clearly the guy – like when – it needs to look like it did in the first quarter yesterday. Mm-hmm. When De'Aaron's not here, Keegan is – Keegan's going, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what he did yesterday. Mm-hmm. And then it, you know, it kind of. I think he took eight, eight shots in the first quarter, mm-hmm. which means he took seven, eight the rest of the game, nine the rest of the game. Yeah. So, so I'll get okay. the math right. At some point he took. Yeah, he took eight in the first quarter yesterday. He had eleven points. He was four of eight. Uh, he hit three threes in the first quarter. So, so here's here's the problem. That I, I don't know. Problem is the right word, but we got to figure out what it is. Is it, is it um, Uchi Wally Wally? Is it one Mike? I, I've never known the. Is a black girl lost or shorty? Oh, you fies. I'm not sure. It's my guy, and I do mean this. Fact, Jay Cliff is my guy. I've seen mm-hmm. Jay Cliff real in real time. Jay Cliff, you want to talk about Corside? Come on now, Jay well, Cliff. Come well, on now. Well, you would know because you're down there with him. I'm not down there with him, but Jay Cliff said, "Man, I would hate to tra- be the guy that traded Kawhi or Jimmy Butler." because he wasn't ready to go in year three. That's fair. Then we need to stop complaining about this team. Because is this a, a developmental team? Is this a team that is well, wait a trying to get I'm – not, I'm not complaining about this team, though. So I can say that. But I'm sure Jake – oh, this team's unserious. Or they're – da-da-da-da-da. They need to win a first-round series. Like right. you, They can't need to win a first-round series – and still be worrying about developing people. So okay, so multiple things. The the Kings never needed to win a first round series this year. Jay Cliff, tell me if I'm, and I know you've been in agreement with that. But Jay Cliff, I feel like he's been one of the guys. Like it'd be a failure if they didn't win a first round series this year. Mm. And there's been a lot of people who have said that. So you can't, in my opinion, you can't have that type of outlook, and then try to play patient with. A Keegan Murray and all this other stuff, that doesn't that doesn't mess up. I'm giving Jay Cliff time to respond. <laughs> um, I think when you talk about, you know, don't complain about this team, or is this a developmental team? And 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 I'm 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 just trying to like take a. A, a, a stance here, maybe related to what you just said, maybe not. Mm. I have never once watched this basketball team, team and thought Keegan Murray was a problem, mm. so or a problem. There, I'd, I'd like, I, I would like his production on the offensive end. 
to be more consistent is partly what launched the conversation we had earlier this week where we were talking about uh, grade two or grade two grade Keegan Murray in year two. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you feel like he's done uh, this season? And it was almost, you know, he's taken those steps on the defensive end. Uh, but hasn't quite amounted to what we hoped yet on the offensive end, despite the fact he is scoring more points than he did per game last year. He is a little bit better than he was last year on the offensive end. He's had far more explosive games on the offensive end than he did last year. Mm -hmm. And his defense is a a giant step. He talked with our boy Hunter Patterson about that. Mm -hmm. Um in an article in The Athletic recently. That's part of the reason I feel like Keegan is already the third best player as much as I love Malik Monk. So if you're going to be critical of the Sacramento Kings, I don't think my criticism starts with Keegan Murray. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I I think the the whole crux of what I'm saying is this is, um, I want to say an evaluation year or anything else like that, but you're letting this team and this group go at their own pace to try to – speed them up to being a title contender and that being the only thing that's acceptable this year, it's kind of unfair. Or winning a series is the only thing. If you don't win a playoff series, it's a failure of a season. It's a step back. or step, nah, that's not that's not the case. It's not the case at all. You can have the same outcome that you had last year, have a good season, and then understand, all right, to make a make a a leap, there's things that we have to do, mm-hmm. and part of that is saying like, "Look, we see what we see in Keegan. We want him to take a step forward next year, you know, because we think that he can. We think that he's he's capable of taking a step forward. Um, I think, I think, taking that step forward or asking him to take that step forward is something he'll be able to do." Like, I think he's capable of it. He's, I think he will do it. Mm-hmm. The whole crux of what we were saying earlier, what I was saying earlier was, is if you're Monty or Mike and you don't think that he can play better, then he can't. I don't think he can be a guy that you say is, no, Siakam, Michael, whatever, he's, Keegan's off the table. Don't ask for him. He can't be that type of guy if you're still questioning whether he can be, you know, third best player, 17 points per game. Uh, courtside J. Cliff uh, responded, <laughs> That's missing, his new name. missing the playoffs. Put it on your Twitter handle. <laughs> missing the playoffs would be a failure in the short term. Fox, Domas, Keegan, Core has at least a five-year window with the extensions. This is the Denver approach to me. Uh, they took steps back before winning. Um, I don't I think that's fair. Yeah, I think saying missing the playoffs is a failure. Missing the playoffs would be tough mm-hmm. for reasons that we outlined before that don't just have to do with our trajectory of the team or the the national perspective of this team. Mm-hmm. They have to do with that stupid ass draft pick in Atlanta. Yeah. That's that's the biggest like dark cloud hanging over this franchise. Is dark cloud pick. like uh Vladdy's pick swap? Oh. That wasn't a dark cloud. That was a. That was. Real, real uh, quick, what is that, um? That a lot. What's the timeline for this team? Because before the season, Mike's talking about championships and contending and this, this, and that. 
and then we're throwing. Well, Mike in, Lombardi like, should tell Mike Brown to shut up with. <laughs> oh, oh no, <laughs> maybe because like oh, now we're talking oh, about like neg- nuggets, like maybe five, like like the core will be ready like five years or whatever. Like like how what is the timeline for this then? Like how soon are we trying to win? To to win what a championship? I guess be actual contenders instead of a French playoff team. Well, what I, I don't what. Go ahead. Like I what's don't the, think what's that's the, to the timeline, fair. the progression though. But the, but 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 it's but the, that's not fair. The progression has to be. Year to year, there's going to be a point with Domas and De'Aaron where you go, we can win a title with them or we can't. Mm-hmm. But what you do, whether Keegan or Herter or Barnes or Davion or, or or the entire roster, how everything else shapes out over the course of the next ye- few years is what's going to determine that. Mm-hmm. Because does anybody, not on ESPN, the television station, but does anyone who follows this basketball team believe that Domas and De'Aaron and Keegan will say can't be the core unit for a potential for a championship contender? Well, they they, they can, but my point is like Mike Brown or Monty McNair, whoever, like just be realistic with us then about what's like you can actually attain. Don't talk about championships or whatever when you're clearly not even close to that. Like so, Keegan Murray, but, you could probably develop but, into that, but like I said, maybe in year to, three later or year four with Keegan. To be fair. Th- is that, that what he's supposed to say on no, the Right, exactly. You know we're I mean? talking about we're trying to get to the playoffs and stuff, sustain winners, blah, blah, blah. You don't have to say you're going to be a contender and all. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you in that they, sense. Yeah, and I don't know I'm with said, both of you. I don't know if he said they're going to be a contender. Their goal, he said which, we want to be contenders. Which is, which is what it should be. Yeah, maybe don't say that, though. But, like, I, there's ways you can say that without saying that. I think when people say contender, mm-hmm. your ears perk up. You talk about hey, our, he said he said it as recently as a few weeks ago. Our goal this year is the same as our goal entering last year: is to compete for a championship. Mm-hmm. That's the way every team should feel. And it's like you say stuff like that, your fans are going to hold you to those expectations. You, you well, that's when you need D'Lo and KC to, to and Jesse to kind of say like, all right, this is what this is what he means. This is what that was all about. Yeah, like my whole thing, like this whole thing right well, here the, is like, well, just, what's to, the timeline then? To stall, well, <laughs> in, I'll tell you what in Mike's defense, what happened was he said that and we came on like, crap, how good is this Sasha kid? You over here talk about championship, how, contending, how good is this kid from Europe? A kid, he's freaking 28 years old. So, so the timeline, to answer your question, Jesse, is probably more along what we've been saying since the summer. This year is just a get-in-the-playoff type year. You'll probably make some hard decisions this upcoming offseason that hopefully will get you to that next step, which is you're expected to win uh, a round in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And once you get to that step, that's usually a year, maybe two, and you're like, hey, we've we've got some experience now. Now it's time to, to like, go to win. You know what I mean? Just just look at look at it's the it's the natural progression of any team. You know, anybody that we've seen. You know, look at look at Boston. Boston uh they weren't always NBA finals contenders. They had to go through it a little bit. I know they've been to the conference finals quite a few times, but like Jay Cliff said, look at uh Denver. Denver yeah. You know, they were a first round team and they had some tough first round exits before, you know, progressing a little bit, getting to the conference finals on the bubble and things of that nature. Like there's the the timeline 
I think is no different than anybody else. I get that. But two years from now, Fox is 29, 30-ish or whatever. Two, three years from now, like they're going to be around 30. What, they're not old. That's well, the same football. Though. No, this is thirty. Like, when you hit twenty six, is your primes though. You're hitting your primes. Oh, uh, you you can you can still you can you can still go hard at twenty nine thirty. You still like you, especially you think we'll be getting the best position. of these guys though. Yeah, we're getting, we're gonna get the best yeah, of them the best the next year. Yeah, absolutely. Man, you are really fed up with this basketball team. <laughs> I'm not fed up. I'm just like no. I said, you are. It's it's around. Like I'm not doom and gloom where it's like, oh, the rebuild's done or whatever. But let it's me, just more so. Like, let me ask you guys something. What's up? This this is a very this is a very Mike Greenberg type question. The let's say Oklahoma City for fun. Let, let, they let's say they finish two or one. It doesn't matter. One or two. Mm-hmm. What if they finish in the play-in next year? That's a fail. Okay, but but, but Mike, do you? Ch- <laughs> so here's the greeny part. If Oklahoma City finishes in the play-in next year, does that change how you feel about the Sacramento Kings? No, I just because think, think that... about what we've said. Think about the Oklahoma City hype train for the last three years. The national media has been waiting for this moment for them to be a top team in the Western Conference. It happened maybe a year or two earlier than I thought, but here they are. If they fall back next year, do we start to recognize, yo, that's just kind of part of the flow? Is it they finish two next year? Oklahoma City has to win a championship next season. I'm not saying that, but we went from like title contenders to now we're talking about a fringe playoff team. Like Oklahoma City, they're um, already 40 wins or whatever. Like they've been money all season long. You go back to the play and next year, something went wrong. Something clearly went wrong for that team. Hi, Matt. Hello. Matt George. Sorry, my t- my time management is about as good as the Sacramento Kings played last night. So. Oh, wow. oh my God. Jeez, this is that's maybe he's gross. with us. With, with us. Yeah, with you. Okay, you. With me? What do you mean with me? So let, let, let me let me just be clear. This has been a testy day. Like like these two, and I want to be clear. What do you mean these the, two? These, that, that one right there in that little booth, and this one sitting directly what across the hell? from me. They're talking about Keegan. They're they're just they're just tired of all. Matt, where are you what? after it happened? You can rewind the show, or we'll run it back. Right, we'll run it back next on Sacramento Sports. League. Yeah, we're gonna run back all this nonsense for two hours after. So <laughs> they lost to Denver last night without De'Aaron Fox. Your feelings, Matt George. Well, first off, Jesse, I can say I, I relate to someone being on the other side of the glass that Damian Barling wants to kill, and I'll just warn you, the glass isn't thick enough. Run. Um, that's that's it only happened once or twice uh, a, a day. Um, I, <laughs> I I need to go back and listen to the show because I'm really curious about what's been going on. But like I was I wasn't that upset about the Kings getting blown out. Truth be told, I went into the game with the expectation that De'Aaron Fox was going to play and that the King was going to lose like the. I, the, maybe this is more of a narrative thing than anything else, but I think this matters. Like a defending champion losing, being swept in the regular season by a team like the Sacramento Kings, that matters, especially to a team coached by Mike Malone, who still has a bone to pick with this organization and takes every opportunity that he can to kind of reorganization's face that they made the absolute wrong decision in firing him. I went into the expectation, even if played, that the Kings were going to lose that game. That being said, there were aspects of last game that did not sit well with me. And I'll really, really quick. Like, there was one play in the third quarter. That's the question. The Kings are down, like, at this point. Mike Brown calls a timeout. I said, okay, Mike, literally, the, the, the a couple nights before, before the Miami game, Mike, what has he learned about this team? And his answer to that question was, like, their resolve. 
their resiliency. There's been plenty of times this season where this team could have folded him and they didn't. They kept fighting and he praised that. And I questioned, okay, were they going to keep fighting or were they going to fold on the road in elevation? No De'Aaron Fox, defending champs, blah, 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 blah. Were they going to fold or not? And there was a play where Aaron Gordon got the ball and jogged past three Kings defenders and dunked like it was a, a pregame warm-up line. That that moment, because the Kings are already getting up, uh, like beaten up. They're getting embarrassed, right? Their 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 15-point lead completely evaporated. Now they're down 18. They can't score the basketball. And now on the defensive end, you're not even going to put a put a body on a guy or make a guy feel you. Foul him. I don't care. Like that that play is not the reason why they lost. But to me, that was a visible sign of quitting. There was that. There was Keegan Murray shooting the ball really well to start the game and then for the entire third quarter only taking one shot and this is a consistent issue with this team and now I'm looking at Keegan I'm going damn it Keegan speak up like De'Aaron's not playing Demonis Sabonis isn't scoring you are the guy tonight demand the ball tell Malik get me the ball tell Mike drop a play for me take that ownership of that opportunity and I don't think Keegan uh, did a good job of that last night and then I was I am concerned about with this Kings team how quickly they lose leads. Like they blow double digit leads almost on a nightly. Now a 10 point lead or a 15 point lead this season is not what it was 5 10 seasons ago. We know the scoring is at an absolute premium right now. No lead is really safe. That being said, for the Kings to lose a 15 point lead in 4 minutes and 3 seconds of game time. And then for the Kings to go up 15 to down 10 in less than a quarter, to me, is is an issue with this Kings team. When when other teams go on runs, Sacramento spirals out of control, and that's even with De'Aaron Fox. So those were the things that I was concerned about or not happy about last night, D'Lo, but in total, like I wasn't too bothered by the Kings getting blown out and losing to the Denver Nuggets. So even with all that said, does this say anything about to you about this team moving forward? Were, were you... All the things that you 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 mentioned are those things that give you concern or give you pause about this team closing out the season. Some of them do. I'd say two out of the three of them for sure. I think the runs and this team's inability to hold on to leads is a consistent problem, not a one night problem. So I'm concerned with that. I think if the Kings were to let's say let's say they make the playoffs of the sixth seed and they have OKC in the first round, because I heard you guys talking about the the Thunder. If the Kings build a 12-point lead or a 15-point lead at home against the Oklahoma City Thunder in Game 3, like I should feel more confident about their ability to maintain that lead than I have over the course of the season than I do at this point in time. Now, I'm not saying that they have if they're up 13, they absolutely have to win that game at home. Because again, basketball is a game of runs, and any team can explode at any given time. But the Kings cannot spiral out of control the way that they have done so consistently with leads, especially at home this season. So that part is a concern for me, Kenny. And then I would say the Keegan Murray thing, too, because we directly saw it in the playoffs. We saw game five here in Sacramento. Keegan Murray get off to a red hot start in that game. And the Kings completely went away from him in the playoffs. Now, it's a rookie. I understand to some extent, but that you lost that game. And I think that was a major reason why. And again, last night, offensively, you were struggling to score. The only guy that seemed to have a pulse offensively outside of the first couple of minutes in the first quarter shooting was Keegan Murray. And you went away from him. I guess credit to the Denver Nuggets defense, but for God's sake, in a third quarter where you're getting beat down and can barely score 10 points, you can find more than one shot for Keegan Murray, even if he's being quadruple teamed every time down the floor. Does... 
Keegan have the personality to demand the ball? And that and and, and, and I joke about Casey and, and and Jesse and all that wanting to trade Keegan and all of that. Really, it's entering next year and how crucial this offseason is going to be for this front office and how important Keegan Murray is going to be to you know the ceiling of this basketball team. Does Keegan have the personality to, in moments like last night, in moments like we saw, I think, again, in, in, the, in the previous Miami game, where I think he had 33 in that one, to demand the ball? Like, hey, it's me. I'm the one. I'm the one right now to 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 demand the ball through the course of a, be it a five minute stretch, a twelve minute stretch, a half, a game. Does he have the the personality to do that? The answer right now, I think, from all indications, is no. But that doesn't mean that he can't develop it the same way he's developed as a defender. Like to me, a lot of the the personality that we're looking for in those moments is confidence. Now, Keegan will tell you that he's confident going into every game and he's confident shooting the basketball and he has faith in himself, but for a, a naturally quiet second year player to come out and start making demands of get me the basketball. I, I think that's, I think that takes more than just having a personality that takes a confidence just in yourself, a confidence of what your team is doing. So Again, the answer, I think, short-term is no, but the long-term answer is he better start developing it or he's going to be a role player in this league. Like, that's the we think Keegan is way too good just to be a role player, but if he's going to settle for being a guy that just poaches on the perimeter and plays good defense, he'll have a big role, an important role, but he'll never realize what the Sacramento Kings need him to realize. Now, at the same time, too, the Kings know what kind of personality Keegan Murray has. Mike Brown and that Kings coaching staff and that Kings uh, locker room, they know Keegan literally better than anybody else in the league. So they should know, too, okay, if he lacks the personality to say, get me the basketball, then I'm going to call a timeout, which Mike Brown called two timeouts in the span of three minutes to start the second half, I think. During one of those timeouts, say, let's get Keegan Murray the basketball. Or even getting in Keegan's face and saying, Keegan, I give you the green light. Go out and get it. And, you know, Mike has shared stories before of calling Keegan out or cursing Keegan out. And then Keegan will go and do something on the floor and turn to Mike Brown and give him, an, give him an expletive right back. And Mike loves it. So Keegan has the personality to respond to being coached. Keegan has the personality to respond to having the pressure and the heat put on him a little bit, enough to turn around, hit a big shot, and then go right back at the guy that was going at him. So Keegan is capable of doing that. Keegan's capable of hitting big shots. We saw him try to single-handedly lead the Kings back in that heat game. We saw him, Dan Near, put up 50 points earlier this season. We saw him get hot against the Golden State Warriors in the playoffs on multiple occasions. Keegan is capable of doing it. It is on him, and it's on the Kings to recognize the moment, recognize the situation, and get him more involved. But yes, a lot of that has to do with Keegan's willingness to say, move my ball. And I also think it also falls into his limitations still as an isolation score in comparison to De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox last night doesn't, I'm not saying the Kings win if De'Aaron Fox plays and that big run doesn't happen, but midway through that run, De'Aaron Fox goes, everybody get the hell out of my way. I'm going and scoring myself. Mm. The Kings did not have that last night. No, man. And when, when you talk about Keegan, the thing that the fact that people have told him that multiple times over the first two two years, um, that makes me a little less confident that he's just going to develop it. Now, he's 24 years old. 
we talked about basketball, Damien, but as a man, 27 years, mm-hmm. you know, old, like you, you find your voice a little bit. You'd be able to do things. So, you know, he can, he can develop that. I think maybe I was dismissive of it a little earlier and saying he is who he is. Um, but, no, he can develop that the older he gets as a man and in this league. Um, but it, but also this year, like, I, at the same time, I kind of feel like, man, like, why we got to keep telling you this? You know, but if it's, uh, you know, a situation where multiple times I've said, hey, step up, be assertive, look to shoot, all this other stuff, man, we got to stop having to tell you that. Like, you got to know. I thought he came out in that game, like, with a purpose, almost – like he was upset that he didn't get the ball enough at the game on Monday. And he said, all right, I'm about to – I'm kind of pissed off about that. I'm about to turn up a little bit. Then he was phenomenal in that first quarter and a half. And then he just kind of uh, faded to Bolivian, as Mike Tyson once said. Yeah, I, I believe we – do we have Mike over here? <laughs> uh, I don't know that – oh, there's Mike. I don't know, man. I might just fade into Bolivian. Hate, maybe, it. Um, hate, it, when, hate it when that happens. Hate when you fade into Bolivian. So I think – what they're going to need from him, not just moving forward, but the rest of this season, is more of that first quarter, Keegan Murray, and less of the the third quarter. And I, I, I think he can provide that on a consistent basis, but I'm just not sure. I completely agree with you, Kenny, because I thought I actually made comparisons with how the Kings came out against Denver. I made comparisons to Heat culture and how the Heat played against the Sacramento Kings. It looked very much like a next man up. We're missing our star, but we can still go out and we match up well against this team or we have had success against this team. Let's go out and let's get it. Plus we're coming off of a loss in a game that we probably feel like we shouldn't have lost or at least at home against a shorthanded team. And I thought Keegan Murray was the guy that stepped up and said, nobody's making up for the 27 points per game that De'Aaron Fox scores, but I'm going to do my best to take a lot of that load on my own shoulders and hope my guys can follow suit. I thought that's how Keegan approached the game. I, and it was it was great to see. The problem is that can't disappear once things start going rough, right? Because filling De'Aaron Fox's shoes is not just replacing 27 points per game. It's becoming the guy that can help stop the avalanche when everything is spiraling out of control. And I thought, like, there's been elements of different guys doing that at different times. I thought that's been a role of Harrison Barnes a lot over the course of his time in Sacramento. And the Kings have needed a bucket to stop a run. Look how many times they go to Harrison Barnes in the post. They didn't do that last night. So I think this team just got blitzed. Like, I think they were playing well. And I think it also kind of speaks to, D'Lo, I talked about this on my podcast, and I know you've talked about this a lot on D'Lo and KC this season. Like, I, I, I think there's still just a sense of entitlement with this team. Just they get up and they're like, man, we're rolling, we're good, we're vibing, and it just disappears quickly and they get punched for lack of a better term. And they just, it's like a standing eight count. They're just, they're, they're dazed and they're like on the back foot trying to gather and teams see that they smell the blood in the water and they attack it. Like the fact that the Denver freaking nuggets had 20 fast break points in the, at halftime, 15 of them in the second quarter. Like that is a team that smelled blood in the water and just went after you. The reason why Nikola Jokic felt like he could get away with reaching across the body of Demonis Sabonis and creating that steal, which was a ridiculous non-foul <laughs> call was because this Kings team was reeling and he thought, you know what? We could probably try and get away with this. It's kind of the same way the Sacramento Kings reacted on the second night of a back-to-back when the Nuggets were reeling, when they were pissed off at the referees and the Kings struck at that moment to help them win that game. So teams recognize when you're kind of dazed and this this Kings team kind of gets a little 
full of themselves or gets kind of kind of into themselves a little bit. And then when they get punched, they have not reacted well to getting punched. And I throw Keegan Murray's disappearing act kind of into that mix. You were the guy early on. Denver answered. And then your aggressiveness, your desire to score, your, your feeling like I have to be the guy vanished as well. And then DeMondis Sabonis, at least he put up shots. But to the same time, too, like Sabonis, this is why people, I guess, scoff and roll their eyes, which I thought was ridiculous and I ranted about last night on the podcast. But Sabonis, if, if Fox is out, like I need more than 12 or 14 points or whatever you gave me. Like at that, that's where you need to step up there in that spot, too. And again, it's concerning that repeatedly we're talking about offense. We're talking about this Kings team slowed down offensively, which is supposed to be their primary strength. And it, and it, we've been questioning that all season long too, which to me speaks to another kind of hidden issue of this Kings team, or maybe not so hidden anymore. What's that? Just the, the this, I think this Kings team is offensively not the same as they were. Mm-hmm. I think offensively, they just don't have the same gotcha. consistency. They don't have the same rhythm and they are over-reliant on the three-point shot. It's, it's sink or swim by the three. They're seven of 10 from three-point range in the first quarter, 0 of nine from three-point range in the second quarter. A 15-point lead becomes a 10-point hole. If they're not hitting shots with or without De'Aaron Fox, they fall apart. I'm, gl- I'm glad you uh, – there's a, there's a lot there. I'm glad you mentioned that thing with, uh, about De'Aaron. Do you think last night's game would have been any different without – or excuse me, do you think last night dumped this? Three, two, and one. <laughs> Do you think last night's game would have been any different with the Aaron Fox? I think the Kings still lose, like I said early on. I don't think the Kings allow that massive a run, and I don't think the wheels fall off as much as they did at all. I think I think De'Aaron Fox recognizes in that moment, we are completely falling apart. I'm going to stop the bleeding, and I'm going to get us back on track. And the biggest area that I think would have been different is not the Kings going from – down or up 15 to down 10 at halftime. I think it's not going from down 10 to down 18 the few minutes into the third quarter. I think that's where Dox kind of comes out, sets the tone, regroups and says, okay, like let's, let, let's go. Let's refocus here. I think the Kings lose last night. I think the, the final score didn't end up being that bad because of kind of the fourth quarter garbage time. I think this game is a lot closer than it was. And the avalanche that the, the nuggets, rain down on Sacramento I think happens with De'Aaron playing yeah I still thought they were going to come back with about four minutes to go well <laughs> not because I was watching the game but circumstances Kenny, I'll tell you Kenny, guys one day <laughs> Kenny had a tough night last night Kenny didn't know what the hell was going was like, on there's last no night. way she would have texted me yeah lost Kenny Kenny had a tough but they're down 25 with three minutes to go. And it's gonna get worse. What's going on here? Yeah, not not pretty. I've just it, emotions have been all over the place. What do you? I had I was like you, Matt. I had kind of my feelings about last night's game going into it. I don't feel that way about Friday's game though. I know Minnesota's very good. I know they're a really really frustrating matchup. At man listed is questionable, by the way. But I thank you for that. I expect. Sacramento to be in a different position than they were headed into last night's game. I think you have Minnesota, who's probably not in the same position that Denver was. And I do think there's a lot of, obviously, basketball's a sport. It's physical. That's what it is. I think there's a lot of mental stuff that goes into this game as well. And I think there was a lot of mental stuff on the Denver side last night. And maybe some not in the most positive way on Sacramento's side, especially when things turned for them so quickly in the second quarter. 
But I have a different feel for tomorrow's game. Not predicting a win or a loss or anything like that, but I expect Sacramento to look significantly better tomorrow night than they did last night. I'm completely on the same page with you. And I think a lot of it also I'm glad because you were looking at me in a way where I was the biggest (laughs) idiot on the planet. Matt Matt had this look on his face like, this dude lost his mind. The King's about to lose by 90 tomorrow. (laughs) No, I was trying to unpack because I was like, I think we're saying the same thing, but I I, I was waiting for you to turn it around and go, yeah, I think the Kings are going to get bl- uh, blitzed. I'm like, oh, well, I, I wasn't on the same page. Um, I think it's, I, I mean, it's, it's the, I think it's the moment or the situation more than it's the game. And I go. maybe, yeah. I think some people were so bothered by last night's blowout loss, not because it was a blowout loss, but because it came after you didn't get your job done at home against Miami on Monday. And that's where I'm looking at like this four game stretch, which started out with the, in my opinion, the hardest win to get that win in Los Angeles to me was the hardest win for you to go out and get. Mm-hmm. And you got it like you, you did your work ahead of time. To me, the goal was always go two and two over this four game stretch, 500 survive and put yourself in a great position for the six game homestand coming up. And a lot of games, you, you have games against Memphis coming up. You have a road game against Washington, which based off of the past, maybe we shouldn't feel too confident about those games, but like I, I was thinking go 500 during this stretch, put yourself in a feel good position to really attack this homestand that you have coming up. And that's where you can really move yourself up the standings and hopefully put yourself in a position to lock down five or six and create a little bit of separation with seven, eight, nine, and 10 beneath you. You lose to Minnesota. Now you're going into that stretch, kind of barely holding on to eighth with the, the sharks circling of the Lakers and their comeback last night, the golden state warriors at any point, like you lose tonight and it's not out of the realm of possibility. You get hot during this homestand. You could be right back up to fifth in two or three games. That's how quick it is. But you don't want to put yourself in a position where you have to play very, very, very good basketball during this homestand, or you're kind of in the same spot you were. And now that homestand is behind you and you've got tough matchups against the Dallas Mavericks and things like that. I, I think the Kings want and need to go into these Dallas Mavericks matchups because both of them are in Sacramento, if I'm not yep. mistaken. Mm-hmm. I, you want to go into these matchups ahead trying to keep the Mavs back, mm-hmm. not trying to catch Dallas, because I think Dallas is in a, a more comfortable position on the road with a little bit of a lead on you to where they could split those games and, uh, we split with Sacramento, but we're still on top versus Sacramento having the position to where they could split and still be on top out of those games. Yeah. So full circle, going back to your, your, your question, Dilo, tomorrow's night's game, I think is, whether De'Aaron Fox players or not, I expect better and I expect more engaged locked in for a full 48 because of the circumstance, not the opponent. Got you. I hear you. I sure hope so. Yeah. Uh, have you looked at Dallas's schedule, by the way? No. Uh, you, you don't. It's not something. You, we, we just noticed an interesting little note. They play the Warriors three times. And given the way the Warriors are playing, I, I found that interesting. We they play the Warriors three times in the final 20-some-odd games of the season. That doesn't make me feel good. Go Dubs. <laughs> the, the funny thing about that is, though, I, and, and it's only go Dubs right now because the, 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 the Warriors are behind Sacramento, but like beating the Mavericks three times pulls – yeah, Golden State right into that. Oh wait, now they're competing now for they're a top six spot. Yeah, now they're right there. 
No, I feel that's lose-lose because either the, the dubs are petty enough to not help the Sacramento Kings out at all and let the, the, the Mavericks win all three of those games, and I'm convinced it's oh, for pettiness. It has everything to do with the Kings and nothing to yeah. do with the Warriors. That, that could be well, true. I mean, the well. top ten is already set, right? right. We know that's what, it what feels the ten like. is. Yeah. So if the Warriors lose those three games, they finish in the tenth seed. Does it really matter that – or sorry, yeah, they finish in tenth. Does it really matter that much to them? I think the Warriors know that there's still a chance for them to – get to six i think the warriors, warriors know they're playing bound they they know and, they can win just so just like the lakers do that's why the 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 playing is so terrifying to me from a sacramento Kings standpoint because whether they have home court advantage or not the kings i think we we all feel confident saying the sacramento kings are a better basketball team than both the lakers and the warriors i'm and really sorry is, matt you sound like you're about to cook and jesse's making us end uh-oh. the show yeah jesse Uh-oh. said we have to end the show so go dubs uh, so so <laughs> yes. well we're gonna clip that and that's gonna live on social no! media no, no, uh, no, no, no. matt george locked on kings abc 10 thanks for being with us you want more nonsense oh we've got plenty more we'll run it back <laughs> next on sacramento sports leader espn 1320 vamos nobody this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.